Hi, this is Pastor Furman with Lubbock Unified Church. Uh, you are listening to Messages on the Go. We pray that this message will bless you today and that you will receive a word from God that will help you in your life. If you ever want to visit us in person, feel free to stop by any Sunday, 2707 34th Street. Services are Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Or you can join us for a Wednesday night refuel service with some prayer, some worship, and a word every Wednesday at 6.30, same location. We would love to have you. Now, let's jump into this week's message. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. It's already May. Time I turn around, it's a different month. Real. You know, new month brings new challenges. That's right. New adventures sometimes. Mm-hmm. Today marks the starting a new series. We're going to be uh, starting a series today called Women of the Bible. We're going to be looking at different women of the Bible. Uh, each week is going to be somebody new. We're going to be learning uh, how we relate to them, but also man, some biblical principles that we can pull um, from their life. From their story and apply it to our own. Um, I'm excited for it. Today we're going to be in John chapter 4. Of course, we'll have the verses on the screen. If you need a Bible, there's Bibles there. You're more than welcome to have. Uh, but we're going to do something a little different too. I'm going to play a video for us so you can visually kind of get a, a how it was back then. Maybe it'll speak to you in a, in a new light. Um, but before we even get into that, let me pray and then we'll watch this video. Father, we just come, we just ask that you would just settle our minds, settle our hearts, Lord. We just thank you for the blessings that we received this past week and the blessings you have on the way this coming week. And, um, man, just help us always put ourselves in positions to receive from you. I know sometimes we just kind of allow the busyness of life to take away from just soaking in your presence, soaking in your word. Um, but we thank you that you give us a day that we can come together as a body. Um, we can hear from you. We can see you move. Um, you can see us, build us up, Lord. And uh, Man, we just leave it all at your feet this morning. So, uh, Father, just meet with us. We just ask for you to have your way. And that as we read this story, Lord, that, uh, man, you would be the well that we would come to draw from. So, Lord, we just thank you. We love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have you ever watched the show Chosen? Anybody seen the Chosen? Yes, yeah. It's, it's, it's really powerful if you've ever seen it in that's what we're going to start off with today. Uh, let's watch this video. Would you give me a drink? Long story. I, 
I'd still like a drink of water if you could spare it. Tasting what a parched throat will do. Aren't I unclean to you? Won't you be defiled by this vessel? Maybe some of my people say that about your women, but I don't. Yeah? What do you say? I say if you know who I am, you'll be asking me for a drink. Really? And I will give you living water. Wood. Except that you have nothing to draw water with, and this is a deep well. Besides, what do you need from me if you have your own supply of living water? Long story. But Jewish water is better than Samaritan water. That's not what I said. Are you a better man than our ancestor Jacob, who dug this well? Your water is better than his? I know Jacob. And everyone who drinks this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. Wouldn't that be nice? The water I give will become in a person a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Really? Yes, really. Prove it. First, go and call your husband and come back. I will show you both. I don't have a husband. You are right. You've had five husbands. And the man you're living with now is not your husband. You're a prophet. You're here to preach at me. No. You wish me the one good thing about coming here alone? Because I can escape being condemned. I'm not here to condemn you. I've made mistakes. Too many. But it's men like you who have made it impossible for me to do anything about it. How? Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain. But you Jews insist Jerusalem is the only place for true worship. They say that because the temple is there. Exactly where we're not allowed. I'm here to break those barriers. And the time is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. So, where am I supposed to go when I need God? I've never received anything from God, but I couldn't thank Him even if I did. Anywhere. God is spirit. And the time is coming and is now here. That it won't matter where you worship, but only that you do it in spirit. And truth, heart and mind, that, that is the kind of worshiper he's looking for. It won't matter where you're from or what you've done. Question marriage, and even the practice of your. 
my son. On your wedding night, his skin smelled like oranges. And to this day, every time you pass by the oranges in the market, you feel guilty for leaving him. Because he was the only truly godly man you've been with. But you felt unworthy. Why are you doing this? I have not revealed myself to the public as the Messiah. You are the first. It would be good if you believed me. You picked the wrong person. I came to Samaria just to meet you. <laughs> Do you think it's an accident that I'm, I'm here in the middle of the day? Especially a Jew, and why he would ask for her help. 
And I want us to understand the significance of this moment. See, if you go back 150 years, the land, Samaritan, was filled by Jews. It was their homeland. It was even the capital of the northern Israel kingdom. But it was the Assyrians that came and they conquered the land and they captured a lot of the Israelites and they moved them out of the land. They allowed some to stay, but they also brought other foreigners to occupy the land to help keep a peace. And over time, as people do, they kind of blended with each other. They married with each other. And soon the race that was pure as, as Jews became a mixed race. And so you fast forward 150 years later, and these other Jews that married in their culture that are not mixed, they're looking down on the Samaritans. In fact, they will go out of their way not to have to go that way. So even when they went to Jerusalem and they were traveling to Galilee, and Samaria is right in the middle on that travel. A lot of times they would go around it because they didn't want to talk to the people. They didn't want anything to do with them. And part of the reasoning, it goes back to the laws of Moses. When God instructed the people of Israel, he said, hey, man, as you occupy these lands, I need you to drive people out, but also don't marry with them. And so you look at that, you're like, oh, man, God was racist. Okay, no. What it was was he wasn't so much concerned about people blending as he was concerned with us giving in to the temptation of following other gods, of worshiping other gods, of living a lifestyle opposite of God. He knew when we blend ourselves with things outside of him, we could fall to the temptation that is there. And so that was the reasoning behind him saying, hey, man, I don't want y'all mixing with other people. So you fast forward now and the Jews are looking down at the Samaritans, bless you. They're saying, man, y'all did exactly what God said not to. Not only have you betrayed our father, but you betrayed our nation. You betrayed our people by marrying with these other foreigners. So there was always this conflict between the Jews and the Samaritans because of this. So a lot of times, you know, they would find a different way. But we see when we read this that Jesus said, man, I have to go to Samaria. He said, I got to. And I want you to understand that, see, there's a lot of obstacles and barriers that we all have in our life. Sometimes it's in our families, it's in society, it's in the world. But no matter the obstacles or barriers that are in front of you, I want you to receive this this morning. Take this away. Jesus meets us where we're at. That means he's willing to cross over all of those things to get to where you are. That's how much he loves you, that he's willing to go over these barriers. He said, man, i got to go through Samaria. I'm sure the disciples were like, hold up, Jesus. Now, you know we don't mess with the people, right? Why don't we go around? Why don't we do this? But he said, no, no, I have to. If it's important to God, if this is what my father is asking, then it's important to me. And that's what I want you to understand, too, that you are important to God. You are important to Jesus. You have the Holy Spirit actively pursuing you every day of your life, whether you're pursuing him or not. He's always coming for you because he loves you. And we read about this woman. We don't even know her name. But we see that she's coming to a place that nobody is around. You see, the wells in those times were usually outside of the city. And so usually you had to go travel, get the water, and then travel back to your house. And so for comfort, and just for wisdom, you usually go in the morning or the evening, right? You go when it's the most cool. But she went around noon, which is part of the hottest times in that plant. 
She came at a time when nobody else was around. I think a lot of us can relate to that, right? Mm. Have you ever done something that you waited until nobody else is around to do? Because you maybe you had some shame or some guilt. Maybe some things didn't work out the way you wanted to, and everybody kind of knows your business. So you would rather avoid having to face them or face people or even relive those things that you've done. So you say, you know what, I'll, I'll wait till people are gone. Even though I know I need to do this, and I'm going to make this harder by doing it this way, I'm willing to do that. They'd have to face the same things again. She didn't want to have to relive that. She didn't want to have to hear about her mistakes, how her shame and her guilt are always circling around her, just praying on her like a shark, right? But yet we still see Jesus was there waiting for her. He even made sure that the other disciples wouldn't be around. He said, hey man, I need to go get y'all some food, and I'll, be, I'll just hang out right here. I'm sure they thought, man, Jesus, this is really where you're going to hang out, right? You know where we're at. But he did this on purpose. He was intentional. He tried to make sure that the influence of others would have influenced her. It would have run her off. It wouldn't have distracted her from what he had for her. You see, you're loved by God so personally in a way that he wants to meet you in your discomfort. He wants to meet you in your pain. He wants to meet you in your worry and your stress and your anger. He wants to meet you right where you are. And even though we look at our life and we look at the things that we've done and we say, surely nobody wants anything to do with us. Surely God doesn't want to come and meet with me. He does. Even when you feel like the world doesn't know your name, God does. And he wants to meet with you. Let's keep reading. Let's see what Jesus says to her. At verse 10, Jesus replied, If you only knew the gift that God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket. She said, And this well is very deep. Where are you going to get this living water? And besides, do you think that you are greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and even the animals enjoy? She understand what Jesus was talking about, right? She was trying to make sense of everything, but she was looking at it from her perspective. She was thinking about her experiences. She was, you know, relying on her knowledge and things that she knew. And I think a lot of us do that. A lot of us miss out on God's trying to say to us because we're heavily relying on ourselves. We're relying on what we know. We're relying on our experiences. We're relying on so many other things beside him and that we miss what he's trying to give us. When you give your life to Jesus, one of the things that you quickly learn is you don't know a lot. Mm -hmm. There's a lot you don't know. And the more that you walk with him, the more that he's going to loosen that grip to what you know. And you're going to have to start to trust the one you know. And that's something we have to learn, church. That I can't allow my past experiences, my my emotions, I can't allow uh, the things that people have taught me, all these different things that usually I would rely on to make a decision, to make decisions with Jesus, because it's going to be different. It's not going to be the same. Jesus used the conversation about something physical so he could, man, bring something spiritual in our life. He said, man, look, I'm willing not only to receive your cup, but drink from your cup. Now to her, that was mind-blowing. Because that meant that he would become unclean, and that's something 
Jews definitely didn't do. But he said, man, I'm willing to meet you where you're at. Do something beyond the physical so you can receive something spiritual. And that's the thing, church. Just like our bodies need food, right? Our bodies need the burritos. We need something to drink, man. Spiritually, we need to be fed too. And not only is God willing to meet your spiritual needs, but he wants to meet your spiritual needs. In the Old Testament, it often talked about the living water. About how God was a fountain of this. That he was a spring of living water. That when you received it, you will never thirst again. And Jesus was saying, hey, look, everything that you've been searching for, that you've been after, you've been missing out because it isn't me. You've been drawing from different wells when I'm the well that you need to be drawing from. You're always going to remain thirsty when you're going to different wells. You haven't found fulfillment in all the wells because they ain't me. And that's what I want you to take away this morning. I want you to receive this. Drawing water outside of Jesus keeps you thirsty. It's going to keep you thirsty. Many people are drawing wells from things that they believe are going to bring satisfaction, that are going to bring fulfillment. And time and time again, they're thirsty again. They keep returning to the same thing. A lot of times we look at people's life and we say, I don't understand why you would return back to that relationship. That relationship is no good for you. But that person is like, man, but you don't see that little glimmer of goodness. And I mean, I know if I just, if I pray on that, if I work on that, it's going to overtake the bad. We see them return back. Some people are in jobs right now that are so difficult. They're so tired. They've been crying to God for a way out, but they haven't made the boldness and decision to leave it. They keep returning to the same well, even though God told them a long time ago to leave. Mm. Church, we got to identify when we keep going back to the wells that are not Jesus. Wells that are going to leave us dry. Wells that aren't going to satisfy us. Wells that aren't going to fulfill us. You know, we have this thing within our brain that gets released whenever we experience something that's pleasure. It's called dopamine. And our bodies kind of rely on it. We've got to have the right amount of dopamine in our, in our brains and our bodies to function properly. But when we live a life chasing the feeling, we're going to spend a life hungry and thirsty. We're never going to be satisfied. That's the thing about social media. Social media is smart. They do people know what they're doing. Because Facebook, right? Before, nobody really cared about likes and and all these different things, but they created the like button and changed the game. People got hungry for the likes. They got hungry for the hearts. And then the same thing with TikTok and Instagram, right? They give you these options so you can receive a like. And it becomes this dopamine, this pleasure of feeling good. And before you know it, you're seeking more and you're seeking more. <clears throat> we wonder why these people did this, but they did this because they knew that we always return to wells that make us feel good. Even if it's bad for us. We all want to be fulfilled. We all want to be happy. But apart from God, we're always going to remain parched. In search of something that only he can provide. In search of joy. Do you know the difference between joy and happiness? You see, happiness is conditioned on your emotions. But joy you can pull out of any situation despite your emotions. And that's what the Lord says I will give you. He said I will give you joy. I will give you something that's better than the happiness that you're seeking that is not sustaining. He wants to help us with the wells that we're going to.
Let's continue to read. Let's go to verse 14 through 18. She heard all of this and she said, please, sir. The woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again and I'm going to have to come here to get water. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband. The woman replied, and Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband. You don't have, you've had five husbands and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoken the truth. Jesus had her attention. She said, man, that sounds really good. You know what? Sign me up. I want a part of that. She was interested in his message because she believed it's going to make her life easier. There's not going to be any more trouble. There's not going to be any more hard times. And I think a lot of people make that mistake when it comes to entering a relationship with Jesus. Yes, he is a problem solver. Yes, he is a solution. Yes, he is a sustainer. He is going to help you through hard times. But he never said that you won't live a life without challenges. That you won't live a life without difficulties. So we have to be careful while we're coming to him. And that was a mistake I had. I always thought, man, okay, I'll give my life to the Lord. I don't have to worry about anything else. All of this, I mean, man, he's going to take care of it. I don't, there's no work on my end. But that's not true. He came to change us on the inside so we could deal with our problems from God's perspective. So we could deal with our problems with the leading of the Holy Spirit. He was trying to make her aware, man, that man, physically, not only do I want to take care of that, but we got to take care of what's going on inside with your soul. They need to be fed. It needs to be cared for. And one way that we do this is being transparent. Just because he knew the answer, he didn't keep him from asking the question, right? He knew she had been married. He knew all of her history. But he still asked her anyway to see how transparent she was going to be. Church, we got to be the same way. We got to be able to identify our wrongs, our mistakes. We got to own up to them. We got to be accountable for them. And then we got to be willing to walk through them and become better from them. It made me think of in Galatians chapter 6, and this isn't on the screen. But there's a verse that I want to read that says, Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. For you're always going to harvest what you, what you sow. You're going to reap what you sow. <clears throat> a lot of times we are planting things in our life and we are reaping destruction and we wonder why. We're planting anger and then we reap anger. Mm. We plant disappointment and then we reap disappointment. You see, yes, God is willing to help you in your situation, but there's some work that you got to do on your end. Because you got to have some skin in the game. We got to be embrace our discomfort, embrace our mistakes. Jesus is always going to bring forth truth so we can address our mess. That's what he did with this woman. He wanted to help her walk through the healing that she needed from all those relationships. But I want to read what happens next. Let's go to verse 19. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship while the Samaritans claim it is here on Mount Gerizim where our ancestors worship? And Jesus replied, believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while Jews know all about him. For salvation comes from through the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed it is here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is always looking for those who will worship him that way. 
So she heard what Jesus was saying. She said, hold up, let me ask you this question. She was quick to change the subject, right? She went back to asking the question about her face because she didn't want to address her mess. She knew that her lifestyle had brought ridicule. It had brought rejection. And I'm sure she feared that, man, having this conversation with Jesus was going to lead to the same results. Mm. How many of us have had moments that conversations just hit too close to home? They said some things that got us in our feelings. We, we just try to change the subject. Because we're not ready to deal with it, to address it. We are not ready to walk through it. Instead of trying to be healed, instead of learning what went wrong and learning how to be better, we'd rather just avoid it altogether. <clears throat> Church, we have to learn how to embrace it, to work through our mess, despite our guilt, despite our shame, despite how it makes us feel. God wants to heal you. He wants to lead you to the other side of it, but you've got to acknowledge it and work with it through Ignoring it, man, it's not going to help you get it right. It just leaves us more room to repeat it in our future. But still, Jesus was gracious with her. He didn't, he didn't go back to what he just said. He said, okay, this is what you're asking. And that's something we have to learn, too. When we're having conversations that are difficult with people, they try to change the subject. Man, we got to learn how to be gracious in those conversations. How to speak to them in loving ways and redirect them back to Jesus because he's the answer. It's not us. I can give you all the advice in the world and you can make a mess of it because I gave you the wrong advice. Even though it was sound, even though it came from a pastor, it came from somebody trying to walk with the Lord. Because maybe the advice that I give you isn't the advice that God wanted you to receive. We have to go back to the Lord. We have to go back to Jesus. So he turned his attention to her and he was gentle in the conversation. He went back to the issue between the Jews and the Samaritans. How they worshiped the same God, but they got treated differently. Jesus said, man, I care less about where that's going to happen. I care more about where your heart is. And part of that is understanding that back in the day, when God was leading, leading Moses and them to the promised land, he told Moses, hey, I need y'all to build a tabernacle. And in this place, you're going to offer sacrifices. This is where I'm going to worship. But this is also where I'm going to reside. And when you reach the promised land, I want you to get rid of the tabernacle and build a temple and do the same thing. And so the temple got built in Jerusalem. And that's why everybody would go there for Passover. That's why they claimed it was the true place of worship. Because they were trying to follow the Lord. But in doing so, sometimes we miss out on what he's really trying to say to us. We could turn away people by our persistence to try to do things God's way because mm. we don't realize how we become religious. Mm. We don't realize how we become all about traditions. Mm. <laughs> and that's what happened with those Jews. The Samaritans were like, man, how are we going to worship the same God, but y'all going to treat us this way? We come from a land that's holy too. We have a God that says he loves us too. So there was this conflict between them. And Jesus is saying, nah, nah, none of that stuff is even going to matter. What matters is where your heart is. I don't care less what church you go to, what pastor you're listening to. That's not more important than coming to me and having a heart for me. That's what Jesus is trying to let us know. I want you to receive this this morning. Our hearts should be spiritually pursuing God while our lives should be reflecting his truth.
That's worshiping, Lord, how do you say it? That's worshiping in the spirit and in truth. It's when our hearts are after Jesus and our life is reflecting him. Too many people nowadays, they get hung up on going to certain churches, listening to certain pastors and saying, man, this is the only way. This is the correct way. Jesus is saying, man, nothing is ever more important than me. Nothing is ever more important than giving your heart to me, than worshiping me in a way that is pure, than living a life that reflects everything that I'm teaching you, everything that I stand for. When he applied that salvation only comes from the Jews, it wasn't saying that it was only for them. He was going back to the promises of God. Because God promised Abraham, hey, I'm going to make a nation out of you through your descendants. That through your descendants, there's going to be a Messiah that's going to save everybody. So Jesus is saying, man, look, God doesn't go back on his promises. The things that he tells us, he's going to see it all the way through. And so that's something that our ears need to hear and receive. That he is faithful and unchanging. That should be goodness to our hearts. That we can trust what he speaks. We can trust his promises. That he's not going to go back. That his ways are so much better than what we think they are. Than what we make them out to be. Many of us probably feel like this woman up. We're known by our past. We're not even seen in our present, right? People know you as something that you used to be, but not who you are now. And sometimes when they bring up that name and they mention you, when they come and see you in that light, you have a hard time looking past it. You have a hard time seeing yourself or anything other than that. Jesus said, man, there's a guy that chooses you to do life with him. That means as much as you feel like you're overlooked at times by your friends, by your family, by the squirrels, you're not. He sees exactly where you are. He loves you exactly where you are. And that's not a place he wants you to stay. It's a place he wants to meet you. And that's good news, church. That as much as I can mess things up time and time again, I have a father in heaven that's king of the universe that is willing to be with me here every single time. He's willing to say, stay there. That's not who you are. Sometimes as believers that we mess up, we say, man, you know what? I'm never going to get this right. We think about that sin, that thing that we did wrong, that word, the word cussing, we look at something, all these different things the enemy tries to speak to us in our ear and say, that's who you are. But the Lord says, no, I don't see that no longer. That's your sin, that's your flesh, but that's not who you are any longer. So when people call you out those things, man, we need to believe that for ourselves. Yes, I messed up. Yes, I'm going to get this right. But that's not who I am no longer. That's why you got to worship him with the spirit and the truth. In a way that you give him your heart. But you allow his word, his truth to transform you, to change you. I want us to read what happens next. Verse 24 through 26. It says, for God is the spirit. So those who worship him must worship in the spirit and in truth. And the woman said, I know the Messiah is coming. The one who called Christ. When he comes, he'll explain everything to me. And then Jesus told her, man, I am the Messiah. If you truly want God in your life, you have to invite him in. Jesus is always willing to, relieve, to reveal himself to you. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure this woman, she felt overlooked. 
She felt like life was going to be no different from Remember last week we were talking about having a new normal, right? Many of us have this normal in our life that we think we're never going to overcome. But God is saying, man, that, that doesn't have to be so. I want to give you something new. I want to change that for you. But you have to allow me in. You have to make the decision for yourself. All of the, everything changed when she met Jesus. And that same change is available to all of us right now, today. So if you've been searching and you've been drawing from so many different wells, looking for fulfillment, looking for satisfaction, man, this is where you need to draw from. You're never going to be happy. You're never going to be satisfied. Everything is always fleeting and decaying right in front of you. But a lot of times we're drawing from places that are leading to destruction. We're drawing and planning things that are just messing up our life time and time again. And we don't understand why. And God wants you to see why, but he wants you to change it all. He wants you to know that life with him can really can change. That you don't have to be that same person. You don't have to experience those same things any longer. You don't have to get passed on to your family. This is what my challenge is for all of us this week. To draw and live from the well of Jesus. That's where we got to go to church. If you continue to read in this story, you come to find the Samaritan woman. She went back to the village. She led a lot of people to know Jesus. But a lot of people actually came to Jesus and they said, hey, man, we need you to stay here. We don't want to learn from you. We want to grow from you. We want to experience this for ourselves. So we see that Jesus knocks down those barriers, right? Those cultures that were once divided became one. That's what God wants to do. He wants to become one with you. But he also wants you to experience it for yourself. Not to go off the second hand of what somebody else told you, but for you to have your own experience. For you to see him in a way that is too good not to believe. And you do this by drawing from him. It starts by meeting with him. Go to the next slide, Eli. There's three easy ways to do it. Spend time meeting with Jesus. Whether it's praying, whether it's worshiping, whether it's coming to a church, it's spending time in his word. There are different ways you can meet with Jesus every day of your life. And the more that you meet with him, the closer he's going to become to you. The more that you're going to hear him, the more that you're going to identify him moving in your life. We got to spend time with them. Many people say, man, I don't see God in my life, but they don't ever spend no time. Mm. Second thing, man, we got to identify those things, man. Those problems, right? We got to put it on the table and say, okay, you know what? Lord, I need you to fix this in my life. I need you to change this in my life because I don't want to continue returning this. I'm tired of this. It's only until you get tired that you're going to see God transform it. Because he's not going to move in it unless you bring it to him. We have to identify our mess and start to work the process of working through it. Then the last thing, man, we got to live it like it's toxic. We got to start actually trying to apply this to our life even when we don't understand it. Lord, you said I could have peace. I don't feel very peaceful, but I'm standing on your peace right now. Lord, you said this is going to work out. I don't understand how it's going to work out, but I'm going to believe it for myself. When you start to apply his word, when you start to live his word, you're going to start to see his word become real. His word play out in your life. In a way that just like we watch that video, other people are going to see it and they'll be like, hey, maybe God is real. Maybe he really does care for me. Maybe I'm not as overlooked as I thought I am. Church, we got to draw from the well of Jesus. It's got to go there. Let me pray for us.
Father, I just thank you. It doesn't matter how many times we get it wrong. You're still going to be there for us. And you're not going to be there pointing fingers at us. You're going to be there with the arms open. Ready to embrace us. Ready to comfort us. Ready to correct us. Ready to change us and shape us. And Father, that's difficult. A lot of times we, we mess things up. We do things wrong. And we'd rather just move past it. Not acknowledge it. But Father, you said that unless we embrace this mess, unless we work through it, Lord, we're not going to receive the healing that we need. We're not going to receive the lessons that we need. We're not going to overcome these obstacles and barriers unless we come to you. So, Lord, help us do that. Help us surrender doing things our way. Help us surrender going to wells that just leave us dry, that just leave us parched. Help us come to you. Help us spend time meeting with you, working through our problems, but also, man, living out your word. Father, this world is hurting. There's a lot of people that have lost hope, Lord, and you are saying, man, that we are the hope bearers of this world. But by living with you, people should find hope in this life, hope in you, transformation through you. So, Father, help us not just hear your word, but be doers of your word. Help us draw from your will. Not just this morning, not just on a Sunday, but every day of our life. Father, we thank you for your goodness, Lord. And man, just for always meeting us where we're at. Taking us to heights and places we can never dream of. Father, we just thank you and we love you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening today. Uh, follow us online at Lubbock Unified on all platforms. And as always, if there's any way that we could help you, please get in contact with us. Other than that, join us next week as we continue to find ways to cross over. God bless.